Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. podcast um i'm your host adam i'm joined again by nathan nathan how are you doing today very well sir how are you yeah good two days of our football was shit wasn't it it was proper proper bad yeah like how, how do we do this week on week you don't it doesn't even happen i don't know but i don't think we do i think even when the when the premier leagues around i don't think i go how often do you go two days about football yeah it's quite rare isn't it, it is yeah. very rare. disgusting um <laughs> But we've had ourselves some uh, some quarterfinal action today, um, and we're in the really unenviable position of it being me and you who who previewed the two games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that we've got to talk about. But so I think we, we, we are with that in mind. We're going to go with with uh, a good solid one win each here because um, the first game today, Croatia won, Brazil won, um, goes to pen well goes to penalties and. Well, it's nil-nil at full time. Two uh, two goals in extra time, which have been a rarity in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it goes to penalties. Croatia win four two on penalties. Um, I told you Brazil get lose to the first decent side that they played. You did. You absolutely called it. You absolutely called it. And I um, think if you listen in too much detail, I then claimed that Croatia weren't a decent side. But yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. ignore that part. We'll skip over that bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I thought. In slight contrast to um, to the later game, that while there were no goals in this game in ninety minutes, that actually it was quite an interesting and quite a, a high quality game. I don't think it was obviously wasn't a game of many chances, but I felt like it was interesting the whole time and the, the, the stuff that was going on, sort of Croatia came out early on and pressed Brazil really, really high up the pitch and then dropped back. There was a lot of sort of tactical cat and mouse going on. And mm. um, the, the the two things that I thought that I always what, thought that Brazil would um, would lack is I thought that they could be got at defensively, and I don't really think that that was... My point here was proven in this game. No. Um, And I also think that they, in the big occasion, have a habit of getting overly emotional, and I think that's where I am. That's where where I'll I'll claim my win. Yes. Um, Because I think that sort of, for all of... um, For all of... Brazil's attacking talent is. I think that they were they were a bit of a letdown, really. I think that um, that the front three they started with was uh, Richarlison, Rafinha, and uh, Vinicius Junior. Um, yep. And I don't really think I can think of too many guilted chances that felt fell to any of those three. No, not really. No, um, I think, um, I think Vinny Junior um, was probably the better of the three um, in the game. But that's not to say he had a, he had a great game. Um, I think for me, this game was was won by Croatia in midfield. I think watching Croatia, their strength has always always been that midfield three of yeah. Modric, um, Brozovic, and the other one. Um, uh- um, uh, uh, um, his name's going to be right in front of me. Kovacic. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Those. You looked at their team and you thought, right, anything good coming out of that team is going to come from the middle of the park, and something and that you. Yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Just that. And there's a quick point I wanted to make on that. Is if I think I noticed, um, particularly in in Luka Modric's game 
today, but I think it's probably just evident of him him forever. And he's probably been over the last sort of fifteen years one of the top sort of like five players I've loved to watch. Yeah. Um, and you think of him as being someone who can sl- slot in there and be sort of like chavy like and be metronomic and di- and people talk about how he dictates the pace. Yeah. But I think that he does it in a such a clever way that he will sit there and play that two touch football. Mm-hmm. Take a touch, pass it on. Take a touch, pass it on, and then there'll be other times where he just switched to being free touch, and he takes a touch, and then sort of bursts into a little bit of space, pulls someone out, then plays the ball off. Yes, yeah, he's very good at doing that. Yeah, um, and it's just even more effective then when you're when you're playing the ball off and you've pulled someone slightly mm-hmm. out of position, even more so. Um, yeah, I think that you're you're absolutely right in terms of the way that. Um, the way that they dominated in the the midfield areas. Um, let me try and get the uh, stats up again. I, th- I think I think for me the, the the telling thing was I was I was very complimentary about Casemiro in the last game. Yeah, uh, I don't think he particularly had a, had a bad game, but I think three versus one in the middle of the park with four at the front and five at the back. Yeah, just just they were outnumbered in midfield and it, and it showed massively. The only thing for Croatia was. And we've um, and we've said it a million times. They had absolutely nobody up front until until they brought um, Petkovic on, who started to hold the ball up a little bit, you know. And and obviously he he got the equaliser in extra time. But up until that point, they had no one up front for those three to then move into the next phase. If that if that makes sense. Yeah. What I would say in terms of which is probably sort of counter to my point earlier about all of. Um, Brazil's attacking talent sort of faltering slightly is you look at the stats, Croatia sort of edged it 51%, 49% on possession, but Brazil had 21 shots, 11 on target. And I think that um, uh, Levakovic, the, the Croatian goalkeeper, had a really great game. Um, he was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. How Until the one thing that I would say where I feel that he was slightly poor and it's slightly nitpicking because it was the only true moment of, of greatness in this game was the the Neymar goal. Okay. So, for anyone who hasn't watched it, Neymar picks the ball up probably about 40 yards yards out. He plays um, a 1-2 with... Um, Rich, is it still Richarlison? It can't be Richarlison at that point. Maybe it is. Was it uh, Pedro, the substitute? Perhaps it's too it's too hard to tell. There's too many players with that stupid with that, with the blonde. Hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let me look. I, it's important to me that I uh, unnecessarily. <laughs> We've got to get right. I'm going to right. look and see whether Richarlison had come off. So it must have been. I oh, know. I get, think it might have been Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He also has the funny blonde hair. Yeah. Um, he plays a one-two with Rodrigo um, to about. I don't know whereabouts he is then. Let's, um, to about the edge of the box where he then plays another one-two with um, Lucas Paqueta who just slips him through. And then that is when you sort of... He's he's not at a super tight angle and he essentially kind of dummies the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper comes out, tries to make himself big and f- thinks that Neymar's going to shoot immediately. And I think that he's possibly in a situation where you just... Maybe need to go for a trank. Take man and ball. So it's funny that you should say that because you're you're. So you were saying like you thought that the, the keeper should have done it. I thought the defender. I think it was was it Souza who was defending. So when um, when when Neymar sort of cuts cuts back before just before he shoots. Yeah. It looks to me like that's the tackle that he sort of rides just after he's taken the. Um, yeah, just after he's taken the, the taking the, the one the two off Paqueta. Yeah, yeah. So for me, if the defender goes with the ball instead of trying to take Neymar out, right? I think I think it makes that shot a lot more difficult, and I think the defender blocks it. I okay. think the defender is the favourite to block the shot. Um, and at this point, we're we're just before the. It's literally, I think, possibly the last kick of the of the first half of extra time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I'm feeling pretty deflated at this point in terms of my predictions. <laughs> I'm gonna ask. Yeah, but I mean, I'm happy. With, I'm happy that extra time has has led to something. 
Yes. But I'm thinking mm, they're probably they're probably going they're probably going to go through here um, because Croatia hadn't really offered that much. No, like like I said, for all the good play in midfield, you just couldn't see a goal. You just couldn't see where the goal was going to come from unless someone hit like a you know unless Modric you know caught a, a, a thirty yard screamer or something like that. Yeah, but even that would have been that would have been it would have taken something to, to beat Allison from that kind of range. And then on top of that, um, Lucas Pagetta comes off, and mm-hmm. um, Fred comes on. Yeah. So you, we've got an even more sort of compact, um, a bit of energy in midfield to try and try and compete. And you're thinking, right? Well, any sort of mature side worth their salt are just going to close this game down now. Yeah, and you'd also, given Brazil's attacking talent, be wary of them hitting on the counter as well. Yeah, but they don't—they just don't really do that. They no. end up in a position where um, where Croatia break up the field and they are three on three. Yeah, <laughs> which you've got to ask yourself: How's that happening? Yeah, absolutely. In the 117th minute of a World Cup quarterfinal that you're one 0 up in. <laughs> Um, they break down the left, cut the ball back. Um, it's a, it's not, not a special shot. Obviously, I think Allison's done by. I think it takes a, a dink off um, Marquinhos's uh, thigh. Yeah, and sort of not quite loops, but it just puts enough loop on it that it sort of takes it away from his hand. He's get he's he's saving that all day long. He's getting his hand to it, and yeah. it, it puts it into it puts it into a part of the net that's the only bit that he can't get to. Um, and then we get to penalties. Just before that, though, just, just yeah. there was there was just a piece of commentary that I that I picked up on, right? Uh, where Petkovic is the guy who gets the ball. Petkovic plays the pass into into whoever scores, and literally just as he receives the ball, the, the commentator said he's not a very flashy player. And literally, as he says that, he does a little <laughs> he does a little juggle with his feet and megs the Brazilian defender to set up this goal. It's like a beautiful piece of skill from the most unskillful player in the Croatia team. <laughs> but the as, commentator literally as, called as, it out. Guy Mo, as Guy Mowbray absolutely butchers the moment in commentary. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. As soon as he says it, he then he then gasps in in, in, in despair as this player pulls off its bit of skill. It was brilliant. Yeah. It made me chuckle so much. Um and yeah, and then so then it's it's one all. Um we're going to penalties, and I think, even though, even though Croatia just have this sort of cockroach um, World Cup ability <laughs> in, in knockout stages, yeah, I'm still thinking I probably, even though I've I've said to myself Brazil are over emotional, I'm still thinking. They kind of had the momentum. They've got. They're probably not as again as tired. They're probably. They've got the the stadium. I'm looking at at the um uh, video I've got up here of the of the penalties, and you look at the behind the goal, and it's just yellow. Yeah, it is. It was a massive yellow wall, wasn't it? Um, and they've probably got the, a slight edge. And I'm thinking. I still think I fancy Brazil to win this, and then um. Croatia put two great penalties with their first two penalties. Both yeah. smash them down the middle. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a lot of debate <laughs> in WhatsApp groups that I've been in around sort of the penalty order. And you, I think that sending Rodrigo up first is an odd choice. And Jurgen Klingsman talked about it in, in the punditry afterwards. Yeah. About... Get your best penalty taker up there. Set the tone. Calm yeah. some of the pressure. And when you're sending a a kid up who must be only a B, what nineteen? Yeah, I think I think they said in college you twenty twenty one. Oh, he's, old, he's older than I think then. But okay, uh, but it's still, still, it's still, yeah, on that stage at that age. And also, yeah. not really sort of a. He's not a big name at Real Madrid. It's no. not like he's a first name on the team sheet. He's up to play. He's up for. He's used to all of these sort of big, big moments and pressure on his shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a poor penalty. It, it is. It's a, it's a very poor penalty. I think 
to... It's back to... I feel like you, we could be taking snippets from our analysis of the the Japanese penalties. It's as bad as any of those Japanese penalties. Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think going back going back to his age, it kind of it felt very much like when we watched um, England in the Euros final, and you saw who was stepping up, and you're thinking, "Blimey, you know the." Oh, you know, in terms like Saka and yeah, I was, I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm thinking you, you send it. You know, fair play to him for stepping up, and obviously, you know, they 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 might have put their hands up or whatever. But you're thinking, oh, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And then the other thing, I know we're not we've not gotten to the second game just yet, but what I would say is the order that you were speaking of. If you look at the second game, the order turned around, and if you look at the latter penalties in the second game it kind of mirrored what happened with the first set of penalty takers, as in the big guns, yeah. the, you know, the guys who, who take the penalties did set the tone, but the guys who come afterwards then started to struggle. So I don't think it matters where you put them. I think it's all about how you I, as I a mean, team. I think it's always a problem, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot to be said that sort of like, I think I agree ultimately with Klingsman around this idea of sort of having setting that tone in that first penalty. It puts the pressure but, right on the. But then you're just putting the the pressure just the pressure. I think the pressure probably starts really high, maybe dips slightly, and then ramps up towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, obviously, Brazil's penalties here are so bad. There's a is it Casemiro scores and Pedro scores for um for Brazil. Yeah, but. Um, Marquinhos and uh, and Rodrigo miss and Croatia score all of theirs and win fourteen. Um, and Neymar Neymar never takes one. Yes, and, yeah, and that's the and big. That's what everyone's talking about, and people uh, because it's Neymar. I think that there's a lot of that I saw it. it there was in one of the one of. The, in one of our groups, sort of people are being like, oh, Neymar wanting all the glory and being the one to take it. And I'm like, this isn't on Neymar. This is it's a coaching decision. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And as we said, sort of that fifth penalty, if that's to win it or to stay in the game, there's huge pressure on it. So I don't really have any gripes on Neymar or the coach, really. No, like, like we say, it's it's all about what you think's right for your team in that moment. Yeah, and and the pressure will come whether you put your big takers first or your big takers last. You know, if they go first, they you know, and they do the job, great. If they go, you know, if you're still in it and they go last, you then think to yourself, I make us favourites. You know, so it's the pressure it's like you said, it's like a there's a there's a dip in the pressure and then it goes back up again. But it doesn't matter which way around you turn it, there's still those There's pressure still pressure. Problems. There's yeah. still yeah. It's still a knockout game in a World Cup. There's still Absolutely. a shit uh, absolute shit ton of pressure. And I suppose the key to all of this is just just score your penalties. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Come on a week, that. That's what yeah. Croatia did. Yeah, just 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 put it in the net. Just put it in the net, and 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 you know everything will fall into place. Yeah, and that's it. That was the game. Um, I think that it probably panned out not too different than how I expected, except maybe I wasn't convinced that Croatia were the team to to take it to to Brazil, but. Brazil are gone, and I, I feel vindicated. It's it's really strange because even though I know the result, I still can't see Croatia scoring to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't see where the goal comes from to get to penalties. <laughs> You're like the one 0 down. How did they get? How did they get to penalties? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> right, um, and then that takes us to our second quarterfinal. Yes, um, Netherlands versus Argentina, a game that that you said was going to be too. Um, we, we talked about how this was two giants of world, of international football, two sort of uh, prestige names, and maybe they were gonna gonna sort of go toe to toe and sort of slug it out, and and we were gonna have an absolute barn burner of a game. Yeah, we didn't have that. Well, we had about we had a, a barn burner of a game. What I will say is, we had a, it was a great game in a different way, but it was not. Um. It wasn't free it was, flowing, was it? It wasn't a free flowing. It wasn't great, high quality. I'd say that the, compared to the previous game, the quality in this game was so poor. I think, I think very much so. Yeah, but but as well, I, I couldn't take my eyes away from it because I, I couldn't tell whether there was going to be 
one piece of magic or one complete clangor that was going to throw it. And then... And oh, let's add on to that, yeah. 100% right. But I also um, made a promise to Emma that I would discuss how um, the, the La Liga referee, um, Lars, was just... <laughs> I was just going to say, on top box of Box office. Yeah, on top of that, you throw in you throw in the Spanish version of Mike Dean, and it all goes off. <laughs> because, like you said, anything can happen at any time. Um, so just two two things out of context. I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen before. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a player booked in a stoppage between full time and extra time. Yeah, that was that was that was new. And then I don't think I've ever seen a player booked in a penalty shootout. I'm sure I it's happened. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that. Like, like yellow card. I was like, who is he just booked? Why is he just booked them? What's gone on? <laughs> it was to an extent where I I don't even know how many yellow cards there were now. I, I, if I was guessing, I'd say 14 yellow cards. Does that include the ones to the manager, to the coaching staff? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um yeah, so like I said, the, the quality was quite low. Um, Argentina started with um, a a back three, back five. Yeah, however you want to call it, and I think that that was not the right move for them. I think that they were very um, they lacked any sort of fluidity. They weren't playing through Messi anywhere near enough. Yeah, no, it it it, it isolated Messi to the point where they couldn't get him on the ball, which yeah. as we've seen throughout the whole tournament. Argentina's get out of jail free card has been messy every single time. Um, so that didn't make it, especially after sort of like, even after the first 10 or 15 minutes, you could see that the mm. Netherlands going forward were so poor that you did not need five men back there yeah. at all. You didn't need, absolutely. You didn't need three men back there, never mind five. Just, just go at them because, because going forward, the pie was, the pie and Gakpo were so disappointing tonight. They really, really were just, yeah. you know, they, they were so disappointing, and I'm surprised Van Gaal waited as long as he did to to make those changes because it, it was it was clear all night that Argentina were never ever ever in any sort of danger. They they looked so calm, even when the Netherlands were coming forward. They they well, looked game, like they could handle it. This game finishes two two at full time, and I think that Argentina have um, Holland, sorry, Netherlands have two shots on target in the game. Yeah, that's and and that that's the the telling stat for the, the first ninety minutes, isn't it? Um, but first of all, um, the, the first goal, and Messi picks the ball up about forty yards out, and he plays a pass that you just I can't see it. No, uh, and on the last replay that I saw, he's not even looking that way. He's no. not even looking at that part of the pitch. No, it's an absolutely outrageous pass. It has no right to get there. And it reminds. Mind. It reminded me. I couldn't when I saw it, and I was after I saw it. Like you said a couple of times, it made me think of that. Um, that sort of saying about um, uh, talent hits targets that other people can't reach. Genius hits targets that other people can't see. Yeah, yeah, very. And that's what he's done. That yeah. is that is what he's done here. Yeah, he plays yeah. It, he, it. So he's playing a ball in between. Uh, the Dutch, because it's to the right wing back for Argentina, isn't it? Yes, um, yeah, Molina. Molina um, and he plays a ball in between. He's dragged one of the midfield players, or is that Aki out of position? I'm looking at still here. And he's playing it between a centre-back and a full... It's just... It's, it's, it's completely he's, outrageous. He's, split, he's splitting two lines yeah. while... And rolling it perfectly into... into a, his path, whilst not looking where he was, where he wanted to pass the ball. Yeah, it is. The, the, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. The, the pass makes the goal completely, but uh, yeah, but, and it's, it is still a great finish because he takes a touch. The keeper comes rushing out and he stabs it past the the um past the uh, the goalkeeper into the bottom corner, and he's under pressure from from Van Dyke. It's it, um, it's the touch for me. It's the touch. That touch is absolutely sublime because it takes it far enough away from from, from Van Dyke, but just yeah. out of the keeper's reach, so he can still get to his toe to it first. It's it's a yeah, yeah. That's probably absolutely. That's probably that's really fair. Any any more on that touch, the keeper gets it. Any less, Van Dyke probably does. Yeah, he's probably put that in the one place that he can then go through and score the goal. Absolutely, yeah. But let's take that uh, away from that pass. That was just yeah, unreal. Then 
again, we have a pretty sort of abject sort of sort of twenty minutes. Yeah, it does drop off. Um, this, the, the, like we said, like saying the game was of low quality is really sort of uh, at this not, at not, this point not it, doing a disservice. Yeah, at, at this point, that's a generous comment. <laughs> Um, and then I can't remember who the Argentinian player is, but Dumfries gives away just a dumb challenge. Is it the is it the the other wing back Acuna? It might be because he be. was number, uh, number eight. Yes, yeah, he was marauding up and down there all night. To refer to him, he was. Yeah, um, but like it's, I said, it's so dumb, it's stupid, and it's a stonewall penalty. Yeah, and Messi steps up. Just slots it away, and Argentina are up. At this point, you're thinking the game's done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, game over. Because, like we're saying, at this point, the Netherlands haven't had a shot on target. They haven't offered anything. No. Nope. Um. They then Van Dijk, um, not Van Dijk, uh, Van Gaal then makes a host of substitutions. Um. I think this is when. Let me look at the substitution times. I because I don't think. No, Depay's already come off at this point when they're one 0 down. Yeah, yeah. And he's brought on Burnley legend. Um, <laughs> uh, we're costing. We've got Luke De Jong on the pitch, and he essentially has a bunch of sort of lumbering giants it's playing the- sort of up front, and he's playing like nineteen ninety early nineties English Route One football. Absolutely, I think at one point I counted seven up front and I think every single one of them was over six foot it was it was it was I mean as much as we're saying like you know it's route one it worked enormously well look when when you're playing against Argentina and they've got Martinez at centre half he's about like five foot six or whatever it is <laughs> um, then then yeah give it a go absolutely yeah yeah because to be fair it, it, it wasn't working on the floor you know, no. and it hadn't been working for a long, long time. That's why I say I can't believe he left it so long to 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 completely change the way they were going because it, it just wasn't working at all. Yeah, and then um, because we were recording so quickly afterwards, I can't even. They haven't even got a whole bunch of clips up. Let me just press refresh to see if they've updated. I don't think they have. Um, and I'm trying to remember the first goal, whether it's a free kick or whether it's just a ball out wide. I think it's a free kick. And Wegos just runs across sort of the front post. It's a great header, but it is quite—it yeah. is quite sort of—it's a rudimentary basic, stuff. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's very basic, but but um, it's it's the basics done to perfection. Yeah, and then at this point, it's this is in the eighty-third minute. I'm still not thinking that Holland are offering anything. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm not worried for Argentina at all because it's Argentina, and I think it, it. I'm thinking if ever there's a team that's just going to sort of connive their way to sort of seeing out this this game, sort sorry. of dirty little giving away dirty little fouls and taking a lot of fouls and a lot yeah. of sort of jumping up in the air, rolling around, wasting lots of time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was a very I, sorry. It was a very sort of. South American attitude, I thought, and I yeah. thought I thought this at two 0 I thought this before the Holland goal that the dark arts started to come in, the little kicks, the little trips, the taking well, you time. See it from, you see it from Messi straight from kickoff. Yeah, is the ball they the Argentina kickoff? They kick the ball back to Messi. He's on the edge of the of the um, the center circle, and he just holds onto the ball long enough as a sort of over exuberant. Uh, I think it was Wycast again, wasn't it? Is it Wycast? Yeah. Sort of full of adrenaline, comes run, comes rushing out to close him down. He holds onto the ball just long enough, yep. lays off the pass like half a second before he gets there. Gets, I'm going to say clattered, but clattered is a, a generous term for what happened. Yeah, there's, gets, there's gets contact. Touched. Yeah, yeah, there's contact, but how much? We're not. You know, and he's rolling not. around on the floor. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, you, you, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that set the tone, surely. Yeah, yeah. But what I would say is they went too far that side. And then what you were saying about Brazil being over-emotional, when the Dutch got the goal back 
a little bit of panic set in, and it went from dark arts to stupid tackles, stupid decisions. Yeah, there was a point, and is it for the free kick? I'm yeah. not sure if it's the commentary for the free kick um, for the goal when is that the one Ottomendi gives away? Um, it's, they thought it was Ottomendi, it was the substitute. Was it Pizzali or whatever? Oh, no, I'm thinking so. There's one before there's that one before Ottomendi that ball, gives, yeah. a, that gives away that Jonathan Pierce refers to as a as a tired looking challenge. Yes, yes. And then there's the one that the um, the, the the substitute gives away when there's a a player in front of I can't remember which one of the lumbering uh, Dutch centre halves is going up for the um, for the head for the header, but um, I think it is. Uh, let me look at it is Pereira's who is in front of him. Yes, he's going up over Pereira's, and then I think it's um, Pazella tries to go. Through the back of him, and he's got no, the Dutch player's got nowhere to go because he's sort of being sandwiched, and that's how they give away this free kick. Yeah, yeah, he had no right coming for that ball. He was, he, you know, he was never getting there. So why, you know? Now Pereira's is lucky to still be on the pitch, in my opinion, at this point, because although the referee has been very niggly and very sort of. Mike Deanish, as you said, but sort of just so inconsistent, never really felt like he was in control. There's a period just before this where Barreras gives away a challenge, and it's a bad challenge. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and the referee blows up for a, a book for a the referee blows up for a foul. Yeah. And I'm thinking at that point you're thinking he's probably gonna get booked here. Yeah. And then he springs straight back up and just boots the ball out of play, but not just out of play. Like straight into the into the, the the Netherlands sort of dugout area. Yes, which is only ten yards away. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't hit anyone, which probably saves him slightly. Yes, but I don't think it matters. And for, for my mind, it was sort of two yellow cards in six seconds. Yes, yeah, so, so, um, Martinelli. It happened to Martinelli in the Premier League earlier in the yeah. season. I think it was against Palace. He, he, he pushed someone off the ball, yellow card, and then he threw it against the red, or he tackled them further down the pitch, and that was the second yellow card. And yeah, and he and it was exactly the same. Like you said, the foul was was hundred percent a yellow card. It was a shocking foul. And then, but this one was probably worse than the Martinelli one because I think the Martinelli one is sort of like you're like, yeah, okay, they're two fouls and they're two yellow cards, but is it really kind of fair that you play on? Yeah, ex- yes, yeah. Because you play on and then let me get another yellow card. Yeah. And I've not had the first yellow card, so I haven't had the warning. Yeah. And you're like, is that fair? Whereas this time, the, the whistle's gone and then he's done it. There's no in-between. He just hasn't... In, for my money, he hasn't been booked yet. He's going to get booked. But with this referee, you have no idea. Because well, yeah. <laughs> when the moment came that he could have sent anyone off, in terms of, I think specifically with um, with Timber, who gave away a couple of fouls when he was already on a yellow card, and one of which where he sort of just Messi goes to spin and run in, and he comes to run out, and they just clatter each other. Yeah, yeah. And afterwards, he goes down injured, and to sort of that whole sort of thing where you're like, you're just trying to avoid the referee. Yeah, it's like on the Mega Drive where you run away from the referee to the buttons. But for my mind, I, I didn't think that that was completely what he was trying to do. I thought that he was like, shit, I'm about to get sent off and sort of like was over, and it was more emotion than it was. I thought that as well, yeah, yeah. I think he knew, I think he knew or he, well, he thought well, he that, thought, at least, yeah, yeah. He thought he was walking there, didn't he? He thought, oh no, what have I done? And then we're we've got ten minutes of injury time, and we're into the into the eleventh minute because there's a stoppage because two Argentinian players headbutt each other. Yep. Um, generally headbutt each other. This isn't a part of their dark <laughs> yeah, arts. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably more of their insane sort of lost their composure that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And that free kick that we just talked about that's given away by um, by uh, we've forgotten his name again. Pizzale. Pizzale, yeah. Um, and it's about, what, 20, 22 yards out? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Quite central. And it's a good it's a good opportunity. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> Holland use their special, Argentina's special move against them. Yes, massively. 
And I hadn't tweaked until someone pointed out to me later that it is the it is an almost carbon copy of the um, Zanetti goal against England in the 1998 World Cup quarterfinal. Yeah. The lineup for a shot. Remembering they're they're two one down is probably the last kick of the game. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking the, the, the you're thinking at this point that this is sort of like David Beckham versus Greece in terms of like this is top corner or nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And they just slide the ball into into um, Wilkerson's sort of part of a free Dutch men on the edge of the Argentina wall. Yeah. And he just. Spin, there's one defender on one Argentina defender dealing with three, three Dutch players. He just spins and, and it's still blowing my mind. I, I'm, I'm in awe of it. <laughs> it's 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 again it's the audacity at that moment with, with ev- that on the line with everything on the line. The whole tournament yeah. is on the line right there. To to because that is something. a position. As you're saying, the, the exact word you use there and the perfect word you use there is audacity because as my one of my friends pointed out in, 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 as I was chatting with him during the game that if that goes wrong... Yeah, I, I had a text message, exactly the same words. If that goes wrong, you get... You can't go home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just wow. Yeah. And, yeah, my jaw is on the floor at this point. Um... And we've got extra time. And at this point, I'm I'm now starting to get worried for Argentina. Yeah, massively. Yeah. Momentum. Because momentum is all with the Netherlands. I would say since the fir- at least since the first Lagos goal, apart from that moment I just talked about about rolling on the floor, Messi's been a spectator in this game now for twenty five minutes. Absolutely, yeah. I don't think he's actually run once. They've nearly had a player sent off as we just talked about, and I'm thinking Argentina can't play this game with essentially nine men because currently they're playing with just ten. Yeah. And like we said, I can't remember a single real moment from extra time because the quality of this game was so low. It was just I was just sort of get at this point I was just watching um, Lahers instead of more than anyone else. I was more of sort of fanboying the referee. <laughs> for, for for me, extra time. The first half was just there was nothing at all. Um. The second half was all Argentina, Holland again. Yeah. I just I, I didn't understand Holland going back to how they were playing before they scored the goals. They went back. Yeah. Like, what are the you system, doing? The system, the system that wasn't working, but now with the players that definitely can't do it. Yeah, and, and you've gone back to you know playing it on the floor, playing like nice little passes. I, I give a quick mention to Frankie Dion because I thought he was fantastic for Holland tonight. He was the one Dutch player for me. Probably one of the one few Dutch players who couldn't leave with his... Apart from... I mean, Wegos has been given player of the match on the BBC, um, the BBC Sport website. I'm not sure if that, that, um, that seems a bit beyond... It feels, feels a bit easy because of what happened. Yeah. A little bit. But, but for me, frankly... It might don't. just be done on this player rating that's done by votes. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Fra- Franky de Jong was, was probably one of the... He's the second highest... Dutch player on this list. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I thought he was brilliant all the way through, but I just, I didn't get the reasoning behind going back to what they were doing before the big lads came on that wasn't working. Just baffled me completely, and 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 you could tell that Argentina had collected their heads, got the ball back on the floor, and started knocking it around, and that's why they were on top at the end of extra time. So, like you said, they were on top at the end of extra time. We're going into a penalty shootout. Who are you? Who are you fancying at this point? Because again, when we talk about the where the penalties were in last time, and sort of the view, the the view I had from that that video I was looking at, and sort of it being all, um, oh, wow. Hold on, I just refreshed it again to see if there's a thing, and um, this is showing me a saying that Dumfries was sent off. Really. <laughs> Yeah. When did he get sent off? Uh, in the 128th minute. What? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I can only assume that was in the... That, ma- was, that was one of the ones in the shootout? Yes. Maybe 
maybe, or afterwards, because it kicked off a little bit in the background afterwards, didn't it? Did it? Wow. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, I can't wait to talk to Emma about that in a second, because I told her that there was still more to come from the referee <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, I talked about it being a sea of yellow. Well, the entire stadium was a sea of sort of white and sky blue. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was like an Argentina home game. Absolutely, yeah. We could have been in the the Bombonera. For, for, yeah, you know, it was it was that partisan of a crowd. Um. So it didn't matter where they took it. The crowd was behind them. The crowd was so loud when when Wegos took his penalty. The the whistling. Yeah, massively. Yeah. Um. It was a noise that I can't remember. I've. I've been to Camp Nou when they've whistled, and that is one that was the whistling at Camp Nou when they whistled the referee in the game I was at. Is one of the noises. It's a noise I'll never forget. It was so loud, <laughs> and you don't ever get that quite that same effect in TV. But it felt like it was that loud. Yeah. And so, sorry, who did you who did you say you were fancying at this point? Because I was so unsure. I mean, that Rio Rio Ferdinand in uh, in the punditry couldn't pick it. Yeah. I uh, very much the same. I it it kind of felt like Argentina had missed the ball and the only way I could choose it was that it felt like Argentina have had enough chances to win it and they're now gonna lose it in the worst way possible. But I genuinely could not pick a winner from penalties. Yeah. The one thing again when I was talking to Emma that I didn't I didn't want is I just didn't want Messi to miss. Yeah, yeah. That was the only thing I wanted because I've come to the conclusion: I, I, if England can't win this World Cup, and they absolutely still can, if England can't win this World Cup, I want Messi to win it. I don't want Argentina to win it. Yeah, I don't care if Argentina want it win it. I want Messi to win it. And I think I think the thing as well is now, given how Argentina have played, Messi will have won the World Cup, not Argentina. Yeah, it is a sort of it is a Maradona, yeah, eighty um, six esque. Performance because spoiler alert, we, uh, they yeah. have they've won this penalty shootout. <laughs> yeah. um, so it starts. Holland take the first penalty. Van Dijk, a, a slightly odd. I I was shocked when he started walking up. I thought, is he going placing it for someone or is he genuinely? I mean, it it smacks of. I'm the captain. I'm going to step up and I'm going to yeah. step on and and absolute, fair play, absolute credit for for that. Yeah, it made me think of two things, and one of them I think Rio Rio again talked about in the the country when he talks about that walk when you're not used to it. Yes, is is difficult. Yeah, yeah. And the other was a point that I think I heard Gary Lineker make, and I can't remember where now because I've consumed so much content. And he talks about taking that very first penalty. Yeah. And I think he took the very first penalty in a shootout in Italia, in, must have been in Italia, probably in Italia 90. Right. And he talks about how you have to walk from the halfway line, but you also have the ball. Yeah. And he didn't know what to do with the ball. He was like, <laughs> what do I do? Do I, do I carry it in my hands? Do I bounce it? Do I, do I dribble it? Do I... What? Yeah. What do I, like just an extra level of sort of things that you, you don't really think about too much, but when you're Van Dyke and you maybe don't have a a plan. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot, and now I think that what we'll say here is uh, he misses the penalty. Yeah. But I'm not willing to give him any sort of uh, criticism. No. We given Japan, Spain, Brazil because it's it it's a it's a perfectly fine penalty. Yeah, it is an incredible save from Emmy Martinez. I I completely agree. It it all right. It might not be necessarily as far in the corner as you can get it, but it's still it's still well over and it's very well struck. And I think you're right. I think it's an incredible save from Martinez. Um, and then um, is it? Does it is it Berghaus takes the second penalty again? Another incredible save. Agreed. Yeah, another fabulous serve. Like Martinez wins this penalty shootout for for Argentina. Absolutely, it's just it is outstanding goalkeeping. Yeah, agreed. Um, 
because he saves two two penalties that he has no no business. Definitely the second one, especially no business saving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with that. Because Bergas just runs up and smacks it. Basically. Yeah, yeah, he, he absolutely leathers it. He puts everything behind it. And then I think it's the third penalty from um, from Wilkos where he. He goes the right way as well, gets quite close to it. He does, yeah. To be fair, Vigo's a very good penalty. Very good. It is a great penalty because, again, if it hadn't been a great penalty, Matez would have got to that as well yeah. because he was he was just on another level. Messi oh. takes the first penalty for Argentina and rolls it in and sort of all of my sort of fears evaporate. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone misses for Argentina, don't they? He just... Is it? Uh, it's Enzo Fernandez just drags his wide, which Dragged is the it, first, yeah. the first penalty they have to win. He does one of those little stuttering run-ups. There's a lot. Of, it's a, it's to win, but they've got two, and he misses. Yeah, and then um, Lutaro Mart- Martinez scores his final for Argentina to go through four three on penalties. So I think it's quite ironic that Martinez, who's done absolutely nothing, what <laughs> World Cup. Scores the winning penalty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was a good penalty yeah. as well. Give him a little bit of credit. Good yeah. penalty. But I just thought it was it was a bit poor. Shocking haircut. Oh, ridiculous haircut. <laughs> Almost as bad as Martinez with the Argentina flag on the side of his head. <laughs> yeah. Um, and no, I think I think I think his is worse. <laughs> I don't know. Because I tell you what, but um Emmy Martinez has that sort of shaved and sort of dyed in there, but um, Latero Martinez has to get up and have that sort of blow dried every day. He's oh, doing yeah. that, like there's a lot of work going into that, isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you could say say that Emmy Martinez has sort of made one bad decision once and hasn't got rid of it. Yeah. Whereas this one is sort of a daily sort of doubling down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at that point, Brazil's day just gets worse because oh. <laughs> you've lost. You've you've lost. You've got knocked out, and then. Argentina go through. Yeah. On penalties. Yeah. <laughs> they must be feeling sick tonight. They've done what you can't do. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to let you know about it as well, just so you know. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that was that was today's football. Let's have a, a look forward to tomorrow. We've got um, our third quarterfinal at three o'clock. We've got Morocco-Portugal. Yep. So, Morocco, probably the surprise package. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Portugal are a team that have seemed to have massively found their flow and some rhythm. Absolutely, yeah. I suppose there will be a lot of lookout for whether Ronaldo is going to be reinstated. I can't see any way that he is, especially considering the additional sort of media reports around the fact he's tried to go home. Yeah, yeah, that's just getting worse and worse, isn't it? That, That situation. Um. If Portugal replicate even a tiny bit of their form from from the uh, the last game, then there's there's no real chance, is there? But Morocco are dogged. Uh, they seem to be disciplined, well coached. Yeah, I I just can't I can't not back against them at the moment, and and that seems so alien to say because there's a there's a clear favourite in this game, and it's and it's clearly not Morocco, but. You yeah, just... I also naive of me. I don't know whether there is, but I I wonder if there is a slight um, uh, cultural exchange. I don't know what you'd say whether because again, sort of geographically, we're not talking about very far apart. They're they're separated. Yeah. By by sort of a strait of water, and there's obviously there was a lot of talk about that in terms of the Morocco players and the Spain players in the last round. Yes. And sort of how like um, Hakimi was. Born in Madrid, yeah. I wonder if there's any part of there must be something because Portugal and Spain are bang next to each other. They said they so I wonder if there's anything there. Um, yeah. Portugal were incredible, but they've done it once. Yes, that that's what you would say. Isn't it? You know, as as incredible as that result was, because we all thought the Swiss would would provide a stern test. Um, they've only done it that once. Can they replicate it? There's nothing to say they can't, but there's nothing to say that they can't either. 
Yeah, which is a hot, which is just a pointless comment, really. But you know, what I mean. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> you know what I mean. But I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean. It's sort of like we're no wiser as to whether that is a flash in the pan, yeah, or a, and I mean, from an England perspective, that like we, we we all want England to to win their game tomorrow. They're going to be playing the the winner of this game. You kind of want Portugal to. You want it to be a flash in the pan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Because if they replicate that, I think they become, I, arguably favourites. We said we said this after after the game, didn't we? We said, yeah. you know, on the back of that performance, you've got to say this team can now win the World Cup, and, and we we found it very difficult to 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 not argue that to say that. Well, I don't think they can because the performance yeah. was that good. So as you rightly said. If it's not a flash in the pan, we're looking at potential World Cup winners here. Yeah, um, I think Portugal have enough, but I think it's going to be. I think this will be a fun game. I, I, I really do. I think it'll be very much in played in the same ilk as the Spain game. I, yeah, I, I can see it going very similar way. And again, if if it goes that way, the longer Morocco stay in it, the better chance they have of going through. Yeah, agreed. And then. Sort of the, the the crowning jewel, or is that have oh, we got our England caps on? We've got England France at seven pm. I think um, as as an England fan, it's hard to to look at this fixture in in world context. But for me, it gives me the same sort of vibe as seeing Argentina versus Netherlands. It's yeah, big of a it's it's a global event. It's huge. Every everybody around the world looks at that game and goes, "Oh my god." I I want to I want to make sure that I'm sat down for that. Very similar to Germany versus Spain in the group stage. I looked at that fixture and went, I want to make sure that I watch that on TV. And I feel like this is, England France is another one of those games where you want to go right. I want to make sure that my whole day is sorted and I'm sat in front of the telly ready for this one. Yeah, yeah, right. So let's not pretend that that either of us have. Uh, let's not bother. No, I'm not taking off my England hat. So <laughs> let, let's let's not bother. We don't. My, we don't need to be impartial. We're not here for any for our, our big French audience. <laughs> I'm I'm done predicting what what Gareth Southgate is going to do lineup wise because in knockout football he in knockout tournaments he has sprung changes sort of all over the place when I've not expected them and he's done it again in this he did it again in this tournament when he. Um, what like played Rashford then benched Rashford? Yeah, yeah. So I'm done predicting what I think he's going to do. Instead, what do you want him to do, sort of lineup wise? I I think Gareth Southgate gets an enormous amount of flack, and I'm really struggling to see why. And I'll tell, and it's and it's because in tournament football, he seems to get it right, you know. He's taken us to a semi-final and a final, and now we're in a yeah. quarter-final. And I just think, why are we giving him so much stick when he doesn't do it the way that we want him to do it? And then he still gets a result. Yeah, and I think that sort of when you have seen people sort of maybe nitpicking at Southgate and talking about his his limitations, and he does have limitations. We can absolutely all, yeah. we all sort of accept that, but he's not maybe necessarily the best sort of in-game. Um, tactician, he's not yeah. one to sort of make a a brilliant change and sort of do that. And maybe that was evident sort of in the in the Euros in the final. But yeah. I think that, like when you're saying like, yeah, you're still getting to the final though. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. with that in mind, I think he did make a good change in the in the USA game, and that bringing on Henderson sort of cemented that midfield and got us a bit of control. Yeah, because up to that point, we, it, we were getting overrun. In a game that we easily could have lost. Exactly, yeah. Very much so, yeah. Um, with that in mind, I I would say I would want him to... I want him to stick with a back four. Mm-hmm. And I want him to go with... Oh, see, I don't... I actually don't... I don't have a, a strong opinion on this. I think I would say I want him to go with... With Mount Rice and... Bellingham in midfield. Okay. Um, but if he went with Henderson over Mount, I would have a zero problem with that. Yeah. The only real reason I think I'm going with the idea of going with Henderson 
on the bench is because I want him as an option off the bench. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I want him to come on in any situation. I think that he can come on and be a coach on the pitch. Yeah. He can have he has a bit of gall, a bit of nous. Um and that if we're one nil down, he can come on, maybe help us get a bit of control and maybe build a sort of an attacking um base for us to play off. Mm-hmm. He can maybe he can come on and maybe take some of the sting out of Mbappe on that on that um on our right hand side if he is causing uh causing Walker too many problems. Yeah. Um, but if he starts with him and we do it the other way around, I don't have too much of a problem with that. And yeah. I think I would probably go with again in terms of the attacking options. I don't care. Yeah, no, there's we've we've got we've got plenty of options. And I, and um, I haven't been that impressed with with Harry Kane throughout this tournament. No, me neither. Um, but there's zero chance that he starts with Rashford. But do you know what? If he did it, I wouldn't be gutted. But I think that Rashford has proven himself. Um, he's in great form in this tournament, and I, but I think he really can be a great impact player off the bench. Massively. Um, I think he'll start with Saka on the right because I think that Saka has um, the tactical discipline and the, he can offer the cover to to Walker if necessary. So yes, yeah, yeah. So. So I, for, I think that point there for me is why Saka starts because Saka can play as a wing back, and I think we should go three at the back. You would go three at the back, yeah. And the, and oh, so would you go three at the back with with Saka as the right wing back? I'd got I'd go three I'd go three at the back, and I'd I'd have I'd have Saka playing the attacking role and have someone behind him. And the only reason I'm saying that is because Mbappe will not come back and defend. Yeah, so that you, you that is exactly so. In a slightly different way, I think that maybe we're 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 pulling in the slightly in the same direction with, but maybe just laying it out slightly differently. Is that I would go with Saka and Walker, and I'd be telling Walker to worry about getting forward as much as he is worrying about. Getting back, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, with with the three midfield, you'd you'd say to one of them probably Rice. Do or, that. or that's that's probably the bit where the edges Henderson. Yeah, yes. Is if you've got Henderson there, you say, look, you take him to one side, you point you point out Alexander Arnold. You go, you you're used to that, you're used to that lump not being able to defend. Yeah, you're good at covering for him. Do that for Walker. Exactly that. Exactly that. You just said to one of Rice or Henderson. Cover him when he goes. Fill that hole for me. The two in midfield will be fine. Just yeah. go and cover that hole while he's not there. And then as soon as he comes back, get back in midfield, and we out we outdo him in midfield and go again a different way. And plus, if you've got Harry Kane dropping as deep as he is doing in this tournament, you're almost going to have four in midfield. So you can say to Henderson, right, you cover yeah. there, Kane, you drop in, and we're fine. We're absolutely fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think that if because he doesn't have Sterling, I think he definitely won't go for the three because I think he likes that when it's when he goes for that back three, it's it's a front two yeah. of Kane, Kane and Sterling. Yeah, although there is rumours that Sterling's playing. Some is Sterling backing is Sterling backing Katana. Yes. Okay. Sterling's back and will play some part apparently. Okay. Whether that means he comes off the bench because again. As you said, it doesn't really matter who starts up front because the one that comes off off the bench I mean, we will have be so fantastic. Much so much attacking quality up front. Yes. However, like, having said yeah. all of that, having put France to the sword with our tactical genius, <laughs> I'm still going for a France win. Okay. And my main reason for this is based on the tournament so far, when teams have needed someone to step up, they have done. Argentina have had Messi. Brazil had Neymar. I know it didn't quite work out today, but... In I mean, he time, did step up today. Yeah, he, he did step up. It, when he had the opportunity to step up, he stepped up. It was Neymar, wasn't it? For me, yeah. Mbappe is the only one missing from that trio. And when France need him, he will step up and there'll be nothing that we can do because he's that calibre of a player. He's in that bracket of, it doesn't matter what you do against him, he will find a way. <sighs> you don't think... 
Um, I was going to say Harry Kane and maybe Harry Kane, but I would say that in this tournament, do you not think that Jude Bellingham could do exactly that? Yes, but I don't think he'll play fair enough forward to have as many opportunities to have that moment. I think the thing with Jude is that he can burst from those positions, right? If you look at the goal that he, the Henderson goal in in the Senegal game, yeah, he bursts from deep on that run. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I just think I just think he doesn't, he won't get as as many opportunities as what Mbappe will. Okay, to, well, to, to to make that impact, I'm 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 really I I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm concerned. I'm not. I'm not confident, but I'm also not unconfident. Yeah, we've we've been in worse situations. Yeah, but um, but let's be honest. So I'm not. I'm not going to make a prediction. Yeah, but I do think your prediction is smart because it does mean that we can either talk about it from a, I got my prediction right, or you can be like I saw my prediction England one. Well, yeah, that's the beauty of it as well. That's that's the yeah. that's the flip side. I can go, yes, I told you, or I can go, it doesn't matter because we're in the semi-final. <laughs> yeah, you can have your cake and eat it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, right, we will have someone to um, yeah, cover those um, those last two quarterfinals and talk about the upcoming, well, it'll just be one game next time. It'll just be the first semi-final, which is on Tuesday, Argentina-Croatia. Um uh, that's all from me. Um, thank you very much, Nathan. Yep, cheers, mate. Good fun as always. Always, yeah. Um, the only thing left to say is always have your man on the post. <laughs>